going on, everybody? Cheers. Happy Wednesday or whatever day it is when you're watching or listening to this. Welcome to the With Her Two Hands podcast, where each week we sit down with another incredible woman who is killing it, working in the trades, celebrating the women who build, fix, and make things with their own two hands. I am your host, Bogie. I am a master mechanic by trade. And while we have had several automotive-themed women and trades represented on the show, we do work and celebrate all women in all trades. We've had all sorts of different trades represented on the show. Definitely make sure you go back and dig into the archives and past episodes to meet some of those incredible women. Um, You can always catch us anywhere you get your podcasts. So that's Apple, that's Spotify, that's really just about any place that you can find or listen to podcasts. We will be there. Um, And of course, you can always catch us live on YouTube and on Facebook every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and we release a new archived episode from this podcast's past life as an Instagram series. So we're releasing those episodes a little bit at a time. So every Monday, you can catch one of those releases. So twice a week, you get to meet another incredible woman and hear all about her journey, her challenges, her wins, uh, her experiences working in these incredibly, incredibly male-dominated fields. So tonight... I have a guest who is early on in her journey uh, in the trades. She is a recent graduate from a high school tech program, and I wanted to have her on for a number of reasons. One, she's incredibly talented. She's incredibly hardworking. I've gotten the chance to get to know her and work with her over the last uh, about year working on the all-female build at my shop, Girl Gang Garage, Um, and I'm just so impressed with her drive and her determination and how she just gets in there and figures it out and is just so passionate about the work that she does. But I also wanted to bring her on because I think that experience of being a tradesperson early on, being a student, transitioning to the workforce, um, that's a really important part of the journey for a, a tradeswoman, particularly for all tradespeople, um, and really for all people, transitioning from school into the workforce, right? That's a thing, that there's challenges associated with that. However, I think particularly for women, while we have done a lot to attract women into the trades, we still are lacking a space for women in the trades in a lot of ways. And so that transition can be really rough. Um, and we often lose women three or four years into their career. So I'm really interested to hear her perspective and her journey um, and and whether she's seeing changes in what that looks like working out in the trades as a woman. But another important piece of why I invited her to come on um, this podcast for this episode is because, you know, we hear a lot about how trade schools are going away, how we don't see high school auto shop programs anymore. We don't see classes for the trades anymore. And and that is a big issue. And we definitely are seeing that nationally. However, what we don't often, often talk about is these other programs that are springing up that are kind of taking their place. Um, And I know when I went to high school, uh, we had a little teeny tiny class in the basement and it was, I called them the basement classes. It was where they just like shoved the kids that they didn't want to deal with. And it was a horrible program. It wasn't really good at all. Um, And then when my shop teacher retired, they canceled the program. No more auto shop in that high school period. Um, So that is definitely happening. When I went and visited Katie's school that she recently graduated from, 
I was jealous. I mean, this place was absolutely amazing. And she's going to tell you all about it and what it was like having access to that at such a young age. So enough of me blabbing. Um, I do want to bring Katie on and get to hearing her story. But first, quick thank you to our partner for this episode, Drive Time. Uh, without them and their support, this series would not still be going on three years now. Um, so huge thank you to them. If you're not familiar with Drive Time, definitely go check them out. They're a really cool company uh, and they have a lot of great opportunities for particularly young people just starting out in the automotive trades. So whether you're looking for a new car or a new to you car, uh, or you're looking for a job, definitely a company worth checking out. So with that, without further ado, let's bring Miss Katie on. Hello, hello. How's it going? Good, how are you? Doing pretty good. Yeah. Yep. Crazy day today. Always, every day. <laughs> Show us your hands real quick. Yeah. So what's that all about? <laughs> uh, the three M cups have liners in them, and I put the liner in, and I put the cup, the lid on the cup, and the liner fell into the actual cup. And when I flipped the gun over, it spilled all over me. <laughs> so for those of you, those of you who are listening on the podcast forum, uh, she has paint primer all over her hands. We're working on her to start wearing gloves, but that's been a slow process. <laughs> um, and for those of you who don't know, uh, what is a 3M cup? Um, so a 3M cup is, they have different ones. They have like Sada, Sem, and 3M. The soda cups are like fully plastic, like you throw away the whole thing. The 3M cups have a liner. Uh, they have like a, uh, a base cup, and then you put a liner in. And whenever you throw it away, you just throw the liner away. So we, we just use the 3M system at my shop. Okay. So all the PPS, uh, the, um, the SADA people are saying, yeah, that's why we use SADA. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, now that I've thrown you under the bus with your paint covered hands, um, why, why don't you tell everybody um, your name, where you're from and what you are doing professionally right now? Uh, my name is Katie and I have lived in Arizona my whole life. So never left. And right now I'm a prepper at Caliber Collision and I'm at the largest Caliber Collision in Arizona. Nice. So for anybody who doesn't know, what does a prepper mean? What does that entail? So I'm basically helping the painter. I get all the cars prepped. Um, I, cars come over uh, with bodywork done. Everything is detailed off the panel. And I paint all of them down. I primer all the bodywork. I block it. And then I paint it again. I get the cars in the booth. I mask them. He paints it. I unmask it. I pull it out of the booth. And I kind of juggle that all day and then I also have uh I buff the cars as well okay now is that a pretty typical um kind of pathway for somebody who wants to become a painter because that's your goal ultimately is to become a painter right yeah so first step um if you have zero prior experience so it's going to be you're going to be in like a detailing position or just like a shop helper um so lots of the i've seen a couple people go starting in detailing and then they they go to the body side and they're a helper for one of the body men um so it's a really easy trick to get into if you're willing to work all right and the goal ultimately is to become a painter correct yes yeah 
how and where did that come about? Like, how did you wind up falling in love with with paint and body work and knowing that this was going to be your path? So I I got my first car. It was a 1995 BMW E36, uh, and it had a couple dents on it. And I was like, I was trying to make it look nice. So I was like, I kind of want to try body work. It just always looked interesting. I don't know why. I'd always liked cars, and I worked on cars with my dad. So it wasn't something foreign to me. Um, but I, I bought a can of Bondo on Amazon, Bondo brand Bondo with red hardener. <laughs> um, I bought some like 80 grit tank paper from AutoZone and I was using electrical tape for body lines <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I did the body work. I got it all done. I, I got spray can primer and I primered all the spots and I wet sanded it, um, and I vinyl wrapped the whole car. And it oh, came wow. out good. It was cool. I was 16. Um, and then my friends had always recommended I go to Westmet because I've always been hands-on. Uh, so I looked into some of their programs when we had an assembly for it my sophomore year. And auto auto refinishing and collision came up. And I was like, oh, that, I remember. That was kind of fun. I enjoyed doing body work. I think I'm going to do that. Okay. And um, my teacher... Uh, was a, a painter. So I was like, if I take this route, I'm going to go the paint route because he knows more about paint than body and he enjoys it. So I decided to do paint and uh, the first time I painted something, it was like the most fun I've ever had. It was super cool. Um, so I just kept doing it and now here I am. <laughs> All right. Oh my goodness. Okay. So there's a lot in that. I want to like, I want to rewind a hot second though. Where did you know how to go about doing this first car of yours? Like, where, what made you think, like, oh, yeah, that's totally something I can do? Like, were you, did you watch videos on it? Did you have somebody to teach you? Were you just making this up as you went along? Like, <laughs> so I watched a couple of YouTube videos, like, how to do body work. And Eastwood videos came up. And Eastwood is really helpful when you're wanting to learn the process. And this YouTube channel called Society. And he kind of went through and showed you how to do stuff. He's a painter at Honda in Florida. Okay. And I just watched those videos and I thought it was really cool. And um, I was doing stuff on my own car. And after doing body work on my car and messing with it a little bit, my dad got his Mustang at his friend's shop, his friend uh, Vince. So I went with him on the weekend that they were prepping it for paint. Okay. Um, just to help out and I was like this is the most fun I've ever had so the painter and the body guy they're kind of showed me the ropes so that helped as well nice so that like first introduction to a shop like a proper shop they were actually welcoming and and encouraging the coolest guy ever I I wish that guy would become a, a teacher because he did such a good job like making it so clear what needed done and how to get there that's so incredible. That's, I love, and I'm so grateful that your very first experience was such a positive one because that yeah. mostly doesn't go that way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was really cool. So were you always the kid that was like, yeah, I can do that, like saw something, decided you wanted to do it? Like, because you definitely have this like, oh, I see somebody else doing it. I'll try it. I can do that. Like nothing, nothing seems to, to intimidate or scare you. Were you always that kid or is that newer um, in life? 
I'd say so, yeah. Only because my dad was always that guy. And I was like, I, my dad's like the coolest guy ever. I want to be like him. So I just decided to do that. You know? I was like, all right, if I mess it up, at least I tried, you know? Yeah. Um, nothing's permanent. You know? If you want to try something, just do it. I love it. My dad so, was mechanical as well. Is he so, in the is he in the trades? Does he work in the trades? He's an aviation mechanic. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So he does that stuff. And so how did? Okay. How did your family respond when you said that you wanted to pursue this professionally and do this as a career? Um, I don't think it was ever like a doubt in their minds that I was going to do anything else. Because as a kid, I was always, like, super into cars. Like, I was 10 and 12 years old telling my mom, like, my first car is going to be a Dodge Challenger, you know? So, <laughs> she had to deal with me talking about that my whole childhood. So when oh, how I funny. I wanted to go to Westmax for painting and collision. She was like, all right, that sounds really cool. That's nice. Great. Yeah, my dad was super cool about it. He was like, if I can build you an engine if you paint my car, you know, that kind of <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Did you ever get that Dodge Challenger as your first Dodge. car? I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> Dodge? No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now Katie is part of the the club. So at the shop right now, we have three women: myself, Katie, and another Katie, who are there a lot of nights a week. And all three of us drive BMWs, but have air-cooled Volkswagens. And, and Katie just joined that club um, and just picked up a new air-cooled Volkswagen. So no Dodge Challengers here, but lots of BMWs and lots of air-cooled Volkswagens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Be careful. Them's just fighting words. You're going to piss some folks off. <laughs> so you're in high school. There's a presentation. So tell me how how that how that worked because I I don't know about you, but when I well obviously you're a totally different story, but I don't know about the folks who are listening. When I was in high school, nobody told us about these programs. Like I didn't my first two and a half, almost three years of high school, like I didn't even know that there were classes in the basement that taught the trades. Like I didn't know there was a high school auto shop program. Um, I didn't know that there was a woodworking program. And when I say there was a program, there was like one room. We had, we had one room, we had one lift, we had a couple of lawnmower engines. <laughs> so tell me, tell me how it was different for you, what this was like, what this presentation was and how the program works. Uh, so basically, they took all of the sophomores. So Westmax is for juniors and seniors only. So uh, we went from uh, our sophomore year, we went into the auditorium, all of the sophomores, and they told us about different routes we can go through, like college, if we're looking to do that, how many credits we'll need to graduate, and what requirements there are, like how many world languages credits you have to have to be able to go to university and what you need to go to community college. And they're also uh, representing Westmac. Uh, so I just, they handed out a flyer with all the classes on it. And Westmac has like multiple different options. They don't have just straight, they have medical, they have like, they have a lot of stuff. So automotive is one of the few classes or one of the main classes they have. Um, 
so they didn't really show any of the automotive classes on the board, but I had the flyer and it said auto collision. So I just, after the presentation, I looked, I searched it up on my phone and I looked at the whole uh, article they had about like what the auto collision class was like. Interesting. It's interesting that they didn't talk about the automotive programs. That's an interesting point in and of itself. If there's still, is there still, do you feel like a stigma around that or that that is less pushed as compared to some of the other programs? From stories I've heard, it's definitely progressed, but I feel like it is still somewhat, um, not frowned upon, but like they aren't showing what possibilities and opportunities you have. So they also had to combine a, a bunch of different options you have and all this information into like an hour. So I completely understand where they're coming from, but I feel like automotive is such a large trade that that definitely would have been something they should have talked about. Yeah. That's interesting. And you're so, you're so gracious. You're like, they didn't have that much time. So, (laughs) but that is an interesting point. I mean, it was definitely not ever put to, to myself as an option. Um, It wasn't shown to us. It was definitely discouraged. And I, I think there was, I'm curious how much this has changed. Like you hear a lot of folks talking often about this whole like four year college is the only path and like how hard that was pushed for my generation for sure that was like super pushed that was the only way to go when i decided i wanted to take auto shop in high school my guidance counselor was like why would you want to do that you should go to college so it did was there the same kind of energy around trades for for you um somewhat yes because every one of my teachers would be like when you get to college it's not going to be like this when you get to college it's not going to be like this every single one of them when you get to college homework's gonna be worse so there was never any discussion about the trade yeah so although i, yes, I give them props for a show in the school like having that presentation yeah westmec and a lot of the high schools in the valley have connections so like my program would have costed or would have cost uh i don't remember what the dollar amount was i think it was like five grand Oh, but so I have, there's like a grant with Westmec. My class is like $150 for the whole year. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So uh, it's pretty nice having that. So they definitely, uh, they have like a bulletin board and it said Westmec on it. And they tell you all the things you can do. But they never went super in-depth with Westmec. They, make, they do make it known. You know? Interesting. So so for folks who aren't familiar with Westmec, let's talk about this a, a moment because um, it's it's not a program within your high school. It's a program somewhere else in its own property, right? It's, yes. It's, um, it's a completely different campus. Uh, so I drove from the west side to the more northeast. Uh, it's, it's in Deer Valley. So Okay. I went to high school for half the day and I took what classes I needed to take, my core classes, and then Westmec took up all of my elective classes. So I just did that for my elective classes because the, the class was two and a half hours long rather than a normal one and a half hour class. Okay. So there's, for folks who, who aren't from Arizona, or maybe you are from Arizona and you're not familiar with this, um, Westmec, there's Westmec, and then there's, um, what's the other one? Evit. 
<clears throat> so there's Westmec and Evit, and they are, I don't believe they're related to one another, but they serve, they work in the same way. And they basically serve a number of high schools in their area. And like Katie did, students will go to their home school, um, either in the mornings or in the afternoons. And then they'll go to West Mac or Evit in the the opposite, right? And get their career training, whether that's automotive collision like Katie did, or whether it's um, dentistry or veterinary tech or firefighting or paramedics. So there's a ton of different career training programs that they have. Um, get Paint a picture of like what the shop looked like at West Meg, because I am telling you guys, when we, we painted Iron Maven there, the, uh, the the most recent all-female build, we painted there, that's how I met Katie. And there were a bunch of us grown-ass adults who were like, can I come here? Like, I know I'm not high school age anymore, but this is amazing. So paint a picture of what this program looks like. You walk in, the floors are shinier than your car. Um, we have a bunch of like, old Chevys, <laughs> obviously, because of my teacher loves Chevy. Um, we have a brain puller, which is super cool. We have like three lifts. Uh, we use those quite often. We have two paint booths. Um, and we have two, snap-on two paint booths. And we have snap-on everything. So like our, our classroom has snap-on decks and all of the cool carts are snap-on and we have one huge snap-on cart uh, for the main toolbox. And we have two uh, prepping stations as well. So they have filters, and uh, it's like a paint booth, but it just has curtains, so it collects all the dust. And the shop is also, uh, like, air-conditioned, which is really nice. So, Especially in Arizona. Uh-huh. Air-conditioned shop, guys. And it's huge. It is, like, the size of, a like, a huge cafeteria, or, like, I don't know. Like, it's... I, I can't even... Do we have like a frame of reference for this? A good frame of reference. I'm I'm stumbling here. Um, it's a couple of basketball courts at least. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll go with that. It is it is ginormous and absolutely beautiful and fully equipped. And you you guys would work on people's cars in the shop, or yeah. mostly your teachers' projects cars. Yeah. Uh, so we took in um, just like people's cars we had a form and people would fill them out and a car would come in with a dented fender and blend the door you know and blend the hood just to make the fender look good so we get cars in they weren't like kits they weren't like insurance involved kits but it was people just wanting to make the car look a little nicer nice so, so you were getting like real like real real world yeah when the person picks their car up they expect it to look good you know so we'll redo it if they didn't like it, you know? So yeah. it was it was very much similar to how my job is now. And I think that's why the transition was easy. Yeah. It's such an incredible program and I'm I'm so envious um that that it exists and that I it didn't exist when I was a kid. <laughs> but it's really incredible. So what what all kind of stuff did you learn and get the opportunity to to do in the program? So the only experience, the only prior knowledge I had was doing the bodywork on my BMW. So when I walked in, the only knowledge I had was I kind of know how to use body filler I think <laughs> um, so I was taught everything I started 
on a Nissan Altima. That was the first car I did. We replaced the fender, and it was the whole side of the car that was getting. There were probably two or three dents. And the first time I put filler on, I didn't put any hardener in it. So I waited and waited and waited, and the, the, hard, the filler never got hard. <laughs> Scraped it off the car, lacquer thinner, cleaned it up. Anyway, uh, so we kind of went in, we did all the safety stuff in the classroom, and we did all our, like, iCar intro kind of thing. So it gave you an idea, and, like, kind of gave the uh, plan you're using, almost. Like, what is iCar for people who don't know? iCar is basically ASE. iCar is what, so what, it gives you a level of like how good the tech is. If you're like a gold, a, a, like a gold class, then you're like a good tech. If bronze or okay, you know, so it's just like, okay. it's a measuring system of. Like a certification uh, process? It's a certification process, yeah. Okay. Um, is iCar required? to work in the field as a as a collision tech um, or is it just encouraged i have i think it's encouraged okay. for the body side it could be completely different because you're doing structural stuff and like stuff for the paint side all i needed was my six eight and six eight is just the safety certification like hey you know not to drink lacquer thinner you know that's the best <laughs> um, i hope it's more involved than that because that should be pretty basic <laughs> i know it, it is um, but yeah, so certification wise, once you get into a chop, they will pay for your certifications as long as you're willing to take them. So getting them prior to applying for a job is not a huge deal, as long as you're willing to obtain them. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So you went through all of that, you learned the basics and then they, they threw you out into working on stuff or is it, was it like group? Did you work on stuff together? Like, how does that work? They had you in like, it'll be one or two people working on different things. So uh, in the beginning, I was doing a lot of wet sanding and body work just because it was a little easier to control. If you go in, run the whole side of a car, that's expensive and it's harder to fix than a little bit of weight body work. You know? yeah. So once we all got like acquainted with that, um, my teacher kind of went up to each of us and asked us what we preferred to do. Um, we have, so I, I said I wanted to do paint, and he kind of let me take that over. So after that, I started masking and doing all the things you'd do if you were painting. Um, and I just started out with small jobs. I'd paint small stuff, and then it grew into me doing a complete, you know, a complete paint job. Nice. So, yeah. It, it Did grew you... slowly, but it was, I, I appreciate the direction he went with it. Because yeah. I feel like if he just threw us in, it would have been really Did you love it right away? Like, were you totally affirmed every step of the way? Like, this is it, totally. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, I will never be able to, like, experience how much fun it was to put clear coat on a panel ever again. Because once you see it, like, become static, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is so <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, it was instantly fun, though. I have, like, zero regrets for anything I've ever done. In I love the it. I love it. I, I remember when I was there and I spoke with a couple of the other students, the other um, female students particularly, who kind of said that they felt like they they wanted to, they'd never tried painting. They'd never gotten that 
opportunity. What do you what do you think that's about? Is it a is it a speaking up thing? Is it like how did that work in the classroom, and why would some people maybe feel like they weren't getting the opportunity? Personally, I never struggled with that, and I think it's because like I would stay late to take the trash out, and I think that because I like would do stupid stuff like that, he, he understood that I was serious about it. Not at all that they aren't serious about it. It really would just be like situational because I don't understand what they were going through. I I never felt for a second that he was holding me back from anything I was capable of doing. Um, so I think it's it's just a matter of speaking up and making it known and putting an effort to show that you're interested and you do want to do this. Yeah. And there's some huge pieces of advice in that in that statement in and of itself, right? Like being willing to go above and beyond and do extra stuff that you don't necessarily have to do or is expected of you to be helpful, to be there, to like be present and show how much you want something. I, I can't say enough when I'm talking with young people getting out into the field, like how important that is if you want to get ahead to put yourself in the position to get ahead. You know what I mean? If no, if no one like, you might not hear people saying anything, but if you're taking the trash out, you're sweeping the floor, you're doing stuff that isn't the fun stuff, then people are going to notice. Like yeah. your managers are going to notice, the people you work with are going to notice. And if you're really passionate about what you're doing, it's not really a job. It's not, it's hard to not excel in something you really enjoy doing. And nobody can say ever that Katie doesn't enjoy doing it. Not only does she work her full job, you're working 40, 50 hours a week at the shop? Probably like 45. 45. And then spends the rest of her free time at Girl Gang Garage just nonstop doing the work because she 100% loves the heck out of it and it and is amazing at it. So I, huge props. Um, We've talked a little bit, and I, I don't want to like throw anybody under the bus here, but like we've talked a little bit about how like you feel like since high school, kind of some of your friends are on different paths than you are, and you're kind of like super career driven. Talk talk to me a little bit about this. So what I've noticed a lot in some of the kids I went to school with, I'm just not seeing any motivation. I'm not seeing them wanting to go out there and do it. They're staying at their job they worked at in high school. They're not going to school. And they're not really passionate about anything. And I think it's not necessarily their, their fault. If they found something they were passionate about, like I was, I don't think it would be hard for them to do. So I think just the fact that they need to explore a little bit, I think would help them. But what's funny is, like, they, like... If I were to hang out with someone and then I'd be at the shop, I'm like, I'm not leaving the shop. Like, I, I'm not leaving. And they would get upset. And I'm like, we're at different levels here. I feel like I'm just maturing slightly more than they are because I'm way more interested in, like, this is just what I love to do. And if it will make me money, then I'll, I'll love, even, love to do it even more. So, I don't know. I just think the fact that they aren't super driven makes them less motivated to do anything. And I, I think if they don't like get out of that funk, then how are you going to get anywhere? You know, you really have to find a path and just stick with it. 
I'm curious, do you find that more so with with other students from your homeschool who didn't do the CT or the West Mech um, path? Like, or do you find it kind of across the board? Do you feel like the kids who took the, went through West Mech tend to be more career driven? I think for sure the kids who went to West Mech are more career driven because they're getting a sense of like what it's like to be an adult almost because <laughs> driving to the different school they're just doing more in their day. They're not yeah. taking the bus to school, going to school, taking the bus home, playing on their computer, playing on their phone. The kids that go to West Mac have to be involved in community service and they do all these different things and I think that opens doors to them. Uh, that's a kid that my high school didn't really get. That's awesome. That's very cool. I, I think it's so important and I hope I hope some folks are hearing this who maybe, you know, didn't maybe parents who didn't consider trade school or CTE education for their for their kids as a viable path like the benefits that the students are getting is so much beyond just career training it's like they're getting life skills in a way that I went to I went to public high school is a really good public high school I went to college because that's what I was supposed to do and I feel like it wasn't until I was in trade school after college that I, I learned how to adult and I still struggle with adulting if we're being honest, but, um, <laughs> but you know, there's like these life skills that I feel like we do our kids such a disservice when we send them down one path or the other. And like, there's stuff that I learned in trade school that they never taught us in college. And there's obviously stuff I learned in college that they never taught us in trade school. And like, why why do we not merge these two worlds and give all of the kids all of the options it's yeah, really I, unfortunate when i went to west Neck, it was a lot of my teacher like he's a really cool guy and he gets there super early he stays late he works hard every single day i watched him do that and i was i was like i want to do that too you know so i kind of tried to follow his path a little bit of just working hard and I, I think even some days when I don't want to do something, you still do it just because, I don't know. Yeah. I feel yeah. lazy when you don't. So. As a reminder for folks who are watching, she is 19. Like, not yet 20. This woman is 19 years old and I think going on 40. But um, all the more impressive as a 19-year-old, I just, it's, it's so cool to see is where you're at so currently you're you're at caliber collision you're a prepper for the painter um he's the sole painter in the shop right at this point um so you're prepping all of the cars that are getting painted and you relatively recently went on um full commission pay so not hourly but commission correct yeah is that pretty typical as early on in your career as as you are or does it normally take longer? It really depends on the painter because the painter controls my pay, not caliber collision. So it just depends on the shop. Okay. But the majority of the time, the painter has to pay the helper a percentage of their pay. So it really just depends on if the painter would prefer to pay the prepper hourly or commission. Okay. Um, I asked to be on commission, and he preferred I be on commission uh, simply because when we're slow, we're both losing money, and when we're working more, we're both getting money. So 
it just makes it better because uh, the stock flow is really inconsistent. So. so does he pay you or does Caliber pay you? Caliber, it goes to Caliber's payroll, but it comes out of his pay. Interesting. And is that pretty standard? Yeah, that's pretty normal. Okay. But when you applied, you applied with Caliber, not with him. Or did you have to apply? Did you apply it with him? I fully work for Caliber Collision. It's just it's, it's just that it comes out of his pay. Interesting. Um, so when I interviewed at the mock interview, we had, I had mock interviews um, with Westmac. And when I interviewed, nice. uh, I interviewed with the regional manager of Caliber Collision for our region, obviously. And I assumed he probably looked around and he needed a helper and who I would be most compatible with. And I okay. ended up with my trainer that I have now. Okay. Awesome. Very interesting how that, how that works. So if he didn't have a prepper, he would just have to do all the prepping himself, or is that just not an option? Yeah, he'd have to do all the prepping himself. And then, okay, so he'd work harder, but keep all the money, and they get that choice in a sense? Okay, very cool. How long would you say it normally takes somebody to go from, you know, just starting out to being able to be a painter? How long does that normally take? Um, so right now I've been a prepper for a year and I see myself being a prepper for maybe another year, another two years, who knows. Okay. Um, but on average, it's from four to seven years. Oh, wow. To be a painter, yeah. So okay. it really depends on how you progress. So this isn't a, like, start out one day, decide to be a painter, and then you're painting the next day. This is a process. <laughs> yeah. You have to pay your dues. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, I we have to rewind because we kind of missed, uh, I missed um, talking to you about Skills USA because that was a big piece of your kind of your your shining moments and your development in your career and some of your accolades. You um, competed in Skills USA both your junior and senior year, correct? So first, real quick, tell everybody what Skills USA is and then um, and then tell us how you did. So, Skills USA is a competition, basically. It, they have it for multiple trades, uh, but mine was auto collision, obviously. So, they have two different sides. It's auto collision and auto refinish. I did refinish, obviously. Um, so, I competed in that my junior year. Um, only a couple kids get to compete per class. So, it was uh, me and I think two other people that competed. This year was 2021, so it was during COVID. So it was in our classroom and it wasn't the same as the uh, normal Skills USA. So all we did was we took a panel, sanded it, blended color into the panel because it had a little primer spot, and then we clear coated it. And we did a few uh, things throughout the competition um, to to like show our, our, our skill level, I guess. And I placed seventh, or I placed first in the Arizona competition. And then uh, going to nationals, it was basically the same competition. I placed seventh my junior year. It was all online. And we had to send the panel that I painted into the Skills USA people. So it was completely wow. different to how it normally was. So I think wow. that's probably why I placed seventh, just because it was a lot more complicated and just way different than it normally was. Um, so then my senior year, I competed in the competition again, and this time it was with all the other uh, schools. So EBIT, 
and Metrotech, I think. It was EBIT, Metrotech, and Westmac. So there were about 12 students there, I think. It's the top three or top four from each uh, school. So, yeah. So I did that. And um, I placed first at the Arizona competition again. This time we were masking car and we were uh, color matching and we painted the panel and we block sanded a fender and primed the fender. So there were a lot more parts the competition this recent year rather than the past year, um, which it was basically exactly what GoGoSA was, but on a smaller level. Um, so I placed first and then I flew out to Atlanta, Georgia uh, to compete nationally. And we had the same competition. They gave us, this for me was like the scariest part of the whole competition. Everything went really smoothly. We were using UV primer, which I hadn't used before. And that went well um, on a couple things. And we had the color match. They gave us a color chip and a color chip with missing uh, base coat in it. So you had to pick which toner was missing and you had to add oh. the right amount. Um, wow. Yeah. So I was overthinking it because I was really nervous. I feel like I could have done better if, if I wasn't under that immense pressure. But I placed eighth in the national competition my senior year. And I think there were, there weren't all 50 states. I think there were 32 states competing. That's, um, oop, what did I just do? I just moved you entirely. Um, <laughs> there you go, you're back. Um, technology, um, that is incredible. Out of the 50, 50 states to play seventh and eighth consistently and first in Arizona two years in a row, that's huge. Congratulations on that. That's phenomenal. How did that feel? It felt like really good. Cause it was cool because at the competition, people were giving me their business cards. I got like two or three business cards, uh, which was interesting. And I, I'll go off on like a slight little tangent. Yeah. Uh, this guy from uh, Van Chevrolet in Scottsdale, the general manager there, I assume, he came up to me and he was like, I would love to have you at my shop. It's in Scottsdale. We work on nice cars, but I'm going to have to ask the painter if he's okay with working with a girl. <laughs> so I was like, it's okay. I already have something lined up, which I did, but I just, wow. Why would you what a lead that? in, what a lead <laughs> in, like, just keep that? your mouth shut. Don't say anything. That's amazing. Oh <laughs> I was like, what? Oh my God. Um, so overall, it was a really fun competition, and I made a lot of friends with the judges while we were there. Nice. You just got to talk to them, you know. It's always good networking. I'll network anywhere, man. <laughs> so. I, I love it. Again, folks, listen up, not just for young people, but like she's always hustling, right? Like she didn't say I made a lot of friends with other students. She said I made a lot of friends with the judges because that's smart. That's so smart. <laughs> They were cool. They were all really cool. I love it. Somebody said in the comments um, that their um, so skills refinishing contest girls took first, second, and third this year. Yeah, I saw that, and I thought that was really cool. We totally should do an episode with them. I'll have to see if I can make that happen. But that's pretty impressive. Are you? Do you feel like you're seeing? And maybe you're too young to have much of a context, but do you feel like you're seeing more and more women in refinish? Um, 
honestly, from when I started to now, I don't think there's been a huge shift. But I know for a fact there's more women in reasoning than there is in body. From what okay. I've seen. Um, I've seen, like, female parents. I've, I've met a couple other than at Girl Games. And there's only been, like, one body tech that I've seen that was the girl. Interesting. What do you what do you think the reason is for that? Do you have thoughts on that? I honestly don't know, but I know that the refinish side is it's a smaller team, so maybe it's because of that. And genuinely, I don't know. Like, okay. I don't, I don't know. That's all right. I was just curious if you had a, a, a thought or an insight on that. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So huge win on Skills USA. Very, very cool. Do you feel like that has helped or did help in getting your job at Caliber or unrelated? Um, I think it was somewhat unrelated just because they were in such a deficit for technicians right now. But um, I feel like it definitely aided where I ended up. I don't think yeah. they would have thrown me in a big shop if they didn't think I could do it. Yeah. So. Cool. Our, our shop has four boots, four paint booths. Nice. That's and huge. Seven or eight technicians. Wow. Body guys. So they would have put me in a smaller shop if I if I didn't have that. Technician. Yeah. So what was it like going from school into the workforce? What was it? Was it different? Was it a surprise? Was it like better, worse, harder, easier? It was for sure different. Um, I don't think it was as crazy of a transition as I feel some of the kids that went to my home high school had. Um, I went from working on cars like I do at my job for three hours a day, and I really enjoyed it. I was like, man, I wish I could do this more often. <laughs> the three hours at West Mech wasn't enough. So when I went to Caliber and I was doing it all day, it really wasn't a huge change for me other than I don't have to do stupid high school stuff now. I just get to work on cars. So um, for me, it wasn't a super scary transition. It was, it was really smooth, actually. Nice. Do they pair you with somebody as like a mentor or is that your, your painter is it painter. basically is your mentor and teaches you? So how, how, like, has that relationship changed or grown over the years? Like, does he start you out slow? Does the process, like, really depend on who your painter is? Or is there a format for it? I think it really just depends on who you're working with. Because I know that my painter, starting out, had a lot of, like, issues with, like, trusting me. So there was that. And, um... How did you, how did you handle that? And how did you get over that? I think the way I handled that was I would just do the things I know I knew that needed done without him asking so that he'd be like, oh, she kind of knows what she's doing, you know? So that was pretty cool. Um, but I don't think there's anything he doesn't trust me to do as of right now other than, like, paint a complete car because I haven't – that's not what we do at Caliber. Yeah. Um, but He's I let you do some painting now, right? You've done some painting? Yeah. He's let me do a couple pearl white jobs. That's which, incredible. Yeah, if you don't know, is a three stage paint job. So you're doing base coat two times. 
And and if you don't know what any of that means, uh, it translates to it's a more challenging color, <laughs> much more challenging color, especially for for just starting out and for being a newbie. That's a huge thing for him to trust you that much. Do do you feel like you had to to like speak up for yourself with him at all, or was it just kind of a slowly building over time? I definitely think I had to like tell him how I felt. We've had a conversation about this before about how important communication is. And I think it's especially bad in the workplace, depending on where you're working. In a body shop, I feel like sometimes it could be really bad. Um, so I just told him, I was like, I am like, you need to trust me more. I'm capable. You just need to just let me do my thing and just watch. Just watch, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, he always had a really negative feeling towards trade schools. He always would tell me that, like, it doesn't matter that I went to a trade school. I need to completely unlearn what I just learned. And he treated me like I had never been in the body shop before. Um, so when I came in and he was explaining to me how to prep this car, I was like, I know. <laughs> and he asked me if I knew how to math. And I mathed the car. And I remember this moment in my head because it was funny. He was like, man... You're going to make me so lazy. And then, like, he doesn't have to do it anymore. Um, so that was, like, a cool feeling. That's a huge compliment. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so that was pretty nice. Um, interesting. I, I think there's an interesting point there. You know, there's, like, there is a lot of crap about trade schools, right? And And some of them are great and some of them are not. And I think there are a lot of folks who kind of are in the industry who see trade schools and kids out of trade schools as like, you know, they, they're not going to know what the heck they're doing and they're total newbies. They don't know anything. And so they're really like almost biased against them sometimes. I definitely experienced that when I was getting out in the field a little bit. Um, they're like, oh, you went to tech school, so now you know everything. I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> right? Like, so there was a lot of negativity around tech schools. Um, it, was, was that the only time that you encountered that, or did you encounter that from other people as well? I, I see it everywhere. Like, I, I prefer, like, not to tell people that I went to Westman. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> not, not actually, but, like there's always a conversation that comes up of like, oh, you didn't learn anything there. Like, no, it was our shop. I had a conversation with my, my, my manager today about this and I was, I'm trying to get it through their heads that like Westmec taught me how to do what I do. There was a, a recent detailer that is wanting to become a prepper. So I was giving him tips and like kind of showing him the ropes and he knows absolutely nothing cause he's never done any of it, which is totally fine. Um, but I went into the shop prepping cars already, masking cars already, buffing cars already. There was a lot less t wasted time in communication and how to do this. And there was less trial and error. It was just practice more and more and more. So there was so much time I saved going to trade school that I this, this whole year would have been me getting to the point of, okay, I think I know what I'm doing now. Yeah. So in high school, I, I saved all that time in high school just working on cars then. So as soon as I graduated, I'm already a prepper. I'm not like a prepper that's learning. I'm a prepper, which is pretty right. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And to think, too, it's not just like going to trade high school as the option, but you know, a lot of people go to high school and then they go to a trade college program 
and then they're going out into the workforce in their early 20s right and so these these programs that do exist and there there are quite a few of them out there um you know i just want to emphasize again like she is 19 years old like fresh out of high school and so far advanced in her career so quickly because of this opportunity and i think as much as as much as we like kind of bemoan the fact that there aren't a lot of shop classes in high schools anymore these other programs are springing up and they're they're even better like they're better than just having a shop class in your high school because they are designed to put kids in the field right away making a good living like you're making the same living that somebody in their mid-20s would be making yeah. at 19. yeah which is really cool but it took time to get there, you know. You just gotta, yeah. you just gotta know how to network and know how to work. Um, yeah. Know where to spend the time. Yeah. Textbooks are also really great for just shop etiquette. Even when it comes down to that, you don't leave the DA on its side. You lay, lay it flat. You keep your workspace clean. You know, and yeah. you can teach that. But if you go into a shop already with those skills, you're gonna be much more likely to succeed and and like successful than if you come into a shop and leave a mess and blow dust everywhere you know so it comes down to small little details like that that really add up yeah absolutely so you would strongly recommend one of these programs for sure it sounds like a hundred percent any day hands down <laughs> i know you've toyed with um potentially going back there and teaching one day is that still uh something that you'd consider doing in the future i'd love to yeah for sure but that's that's down the road. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. I gotta have fun being a painter for a minute. Yeah, you do. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> make painter money for at least a couple years. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so I'm curious. You talked about experiencing some pushback from people in the field about having gone to tech school and and kind of being being what a student coming in. Um, was did you experience anything gender related as a woman or are we seeing less of that in the industry are we actually starting to see that changing or were you experiencing that as well personally i don't think i've even come close to anything you've even experienced um my painter he's a character but one of the one of the values he has which i really respect about him is that he doesn't care he's like he, the first day he's like I don't care if you're a girl or a guy, if you're shitty, I'm telling you you're shitty. That's what he told me, which, you know, yeah. I really appreciate. He doesn't treat me any differently than anyone else in the shop, which yeah. I find really nice. Um, there's been, like, the Cornwall guy never gives me the the booklet for, like, all the tools they're handing out. But I was standing next to the other prepper when there was one. He was a guy. He handed him one, but not me, which I thought was a little odd. Um, yeah. But other than that... I think we really are progressing. I, I, I think there's definitely a shift happening, which I think is pretty good. That is so phenomenal to hear. So phenomenal. I, it just, um, yeah, I know there's still a lot of young people who are, who are experiencing some not so great things as women, but, but hearing more and more folks like you who are not experiencing that. Was it, is the whole shop kind of the same way or is it you did you just land in a really like luckily with somebody who was just cool like you're a painter the whole shop is pretty much that way the only That's thing awesome. is like sometimes 
the one of the body guys will come over and go tell Stevo something about like, hey, I just put a bumper over there. It's a bumper only, so you can get ready, like paint that whenever you want. But I'm standing right there, and they know I prepped the park. Stevo doesn't prep the park. Why would you tell Stevo? You know. So that also comes down to I'm also a helper. So mm-hmm. it's hard to gauge that sometimes. Yeah. It's not yeah. always just because I'm a girl. You know. I really appreciate how balanced you are and how reflective you are in when things happen. Um, and I think that's such an important thing. It's There is a lot of sexism in the industry. However, often there are things that are not sexism. They're just, you're paying your dues or you're, you're young and you're going to start out sweeping the floors or like you just said, like I'm, I'm his helper. So maybe that's out of respect for him that they're going to him instead of going to you. And I, I just, I really appreciate that it's so important for, for all of us to take time and go, all right, like, is this, is this really what I think it is? Or is it something else entirely? Yeah. I think if, if you're constantly in a negative mindset like that, it's going to be really hard to succeed, like be successful at all. Yeah. Because you're constantly pushing yourself down. It's like, they don't want me here because I'm a girl. Right. They hate me. Yeah. Which I think it's just good to look at it from all perspectives because it could yeah. be something completely unrelated. Yeah, absolutely. Are you always this confident? Don't like out loud. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone, everyone wants to, everyone wants to be confident. I think everyone struggles with a little bit of like lack of confidence in some, some ways. When I went out into the field, I was no longer the like, I'm like, cool. Like I went to skills both years. Now I'm like back at the bottom of the barrel. You know, I'm a student. I'm new. I'm not going to be as good as the guy who's been doing this for his whole life and he's 50, you know? So that was, like, definitely a shift in my confidence. Um, but, I don't know. It, it's always changing. It's fluctuating depending on what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, but it's important to be confident all the time. One of my favorite mottos is fake it till you make it. I, I heard somebody twist that recently and say fake it till you become it. Oh. Okay. And I... And I like that because it, it is you like kind of you're playing pretend until you actually like become yeah. that thing that you're faking. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll start using that one. I like I like, that one. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We um, oh, my God. I just looked up at the time. Um, I need a big like clock right in front of me because I always like I'm so involved in the conversation that I don't look up at the time. Um, and our hour is almost over. My gosh. Um, I, there's so much more to talk about as, as always. Um, you've got a ton of great support in the comments. I don't know if you're seeing any of them, but lots of, lots of great support in the comments. Um, so thank you to everybody who's tuned in to hang out with us. Um, I have one final question for you. We're probably going to go a minute or so over the hour. I hope that's okay. Um, but final question, you've already dropped a ton of knowledge and a ton of great advice for, for other folks who are wanting to get into this kind of work but um if if you had the opportunity to talk to a, a little baby katie um or the younger version of you what are um your your words of advice to her or to another little girl out there who wants to do what you're doing i just say like don't be scared ever be scared you'll never know what you're good at unless you try it you know sandblasting every type sandblasting you might not enjoy it but if you do, that's great. You know, 
just little things like that. I just say never give up. Know your worth. I saw a, a post recently. It was like a water bottle, and it said fifty cents at the grocery store, seven dollars at a festival, twenty dollars in California. Just know your worth. Know where you belong. You just gotta mm. find your people. And once you find your people, it's smooth sailing from there. I so love that. I love that. Leave it to Katie to compare us to water bottles, but I love it. That is perfect. It is. Know your worth. Find your place. Um, find the place where you can excel. Um, and and I'm loving the opportunity to get to work with you and get to watch you as your career continues to expand. And uh, you're you're a phenomenal human being, and you will definitely go far. So. Thank you so very much for joining me and agreeing to do this. This was great. I hope the folks at home um, and the folks listening to this now or in the future uh, got a lot of value out of it. I know we, we talked about a ton of things, um, and I, you dropped a, a ton of great, great knowledge and great words of advice. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and we will catch up more later, okay? All right, folks at home, thank you guys so very much for spending part of your evening with us. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. If you enjoy this episode, if you enjoy this series, please make sure you leave comments, um, make sure you like and subscribe and follow us along on all the social medias, all with her two hands. That's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, um, LinkedIn, where else are we? All of the podcasting platforms. We're pretty much everywhere. We have the website. Go check us out. Leave us a review. Um, leave us comments. We appreciate them. And it keeps us going. And of course, the more likes and comments we get, the more people see these videos and the more the women who are working out in the field get the, the love and the celebration and the support that they deserve. Women are so often overlooked in the trades and they deserve the spotlight. So help me give it to them. Um, you can tune in every week on Wednesday for a new episode with another incredible woman. We've got some great ladies lined up over the next couple of weeks. And of course, new archived episodes released every Monday, all same time, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and listen wherever you get your podcast. A final thank you to our partner for this episode, Drive Time, for all of their support uh, and their commitment to helping women in the trades and highlighting women in the trades. We're very thankful for their support and partnership throughout the years. But most importantly, I am grateful for all of you for spending your time, for being loyal listeners, for coming back each week and hanging out with us and meeting these incredible women. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And until next time, be good to yourselves, be good to one another. See you later.